Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so delighted today to be joined by the wonderful Sam Keeley to talk all about the Peacock series, Carol versus Joe, in which he plays John Finley, uh, one of Joe's husbands in the series. And I wanted to start by talking about the, the research. And, you know, obviously this is a show where there's the Netflix series that came out. So there's a huge amount of footage to look at there, but there's also been a lot of other kind of camera crews that have come in at various times and, and interviews with John that you're able to look at. And so when you were looking at a lot of this archival footage of him, what were kind of the key mannerisms or characteristics that you started to really pick up on that you wanted to bring into your interpretation of him as a character in a narrative? Um, yeah, I think like you said, like we've been, we've been very lucky in the sense that like, in the short amount of time that this, this story has happened up until now, we do have like quite a lot of archive footage that's there to view, which was really important. I think not just for me, but I'd imagine for a lot of the guys and girls on the cast. Um, for me, like trying to nail down John was tricky because he's quite a, he comes across as a very kind of shy guy. Like he's quite, he's quite reserved and he's quite held back and he's, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't particularly seem to like being on camera very much when he is on camera. Um, for me, one of the most important things was his voice and where he speaks from. He's got a very kind of, to me anyway, he's got a very kind of soothing voice, very soft voice. Um, and he doesn't like to say a whole lot. He's a man of few words, you know? Um, so for me, that was a, that was a huge thing and like getting his accent down and um, making sure that the voice was in the right place resonance wise so that it kind of sounded similar because when I looked at myself in the mirror when I got cast in this part I was like I don't buy it <laughs> because I it was just there was so many elements to John that I didn't have on my own and that our wonderful kind of creative makeup and hair and costume team created that helped me really step into that role which was the kind of final finishing piece of that um but yeah for me it was like the voice and how he you know it, it how he kind of saw the world like through his eyes like how he watched things because he for me like he is a, he's a watcher in this in this whole thing like he he's he's the eyes in many ways so it was yeah it was those were two kind of key elements for me before we I'm got into all you know physical yeah. change yeah i'm so glad that you're mentioning the the way that he watches everything because that was one of the things that really struck me in your performance is especially watching the way that he watches joe like the first time that he sees joe step in, step into a tiger um enclosure and it goes from this fear to like this real fascination and there's kind of a a childlike wonder with a lot of things in the way that he's watching the world kind of open up in front of him, you know, the way that he's looking at all the little baby gators with such joy when he first sees them, you know, and then the way that he watches Joe starts to change throughout the season as their relationship dynamic kind of shifts and changes as well. Um, you know, so was that something that, that because of what you were just saying, you were really, really cognizant of in, in every scene, like how is he watching the world and how is he watching Joe and how is this shifting and changing based on their relationship? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like one very important thing that I had to remember throughout the entire process of playing him is that particularly in the early episodes, he was very young. He was a kid. He didn't have much of a kind of adult life before he entered the park. So when he entered the park, the park became his life. Everything about that place became everything to him. Um, and so with Joe, he stepped into this kind of almost like godlike figure in his life in many ways he wasn't just a partner or a lover or a friend he was he was the guy who ran the park he ran the show that these people lived in um and john kind of like as we know kind of slid in as his like right hand man um and so like 
like you say, like that was a really important thing to capture the wonder of the world because like it is a fascinating and alluring place that these people work in. Um, yeah, so f- for me, it was hugely important to, like you said, to get that element of like wonder and everything is fascinating and the tigers are beautiful and he's he's in love with the romantic idea of this place. And of course, then over time, you know, the veil between, you know, the reality and the, the, the romanticized version of things starts to starts to slip a little bit and he gets to see more of you know what what happens to this man that he loves essentially and and his kind of you know descent into madness if you like um and he gets very kind of jaded and and you know we just wanted to track that progression of you know the fall from grace very slowly but yeah for sure in the earlier episodes he's alive he's full of wonder and his watching is kind of is something that's very important to him and he's learning how to be a, a person in this environment in the zoo with these people i don't know if that answers your question at all <laughs> no like, it really really does and and like you said the you know this this zoo and this place becomes his entire world and and there's a line early on when when he's first meeting joe and, and talking a little bit about his life where he kind of mentions that he doesn't really have family his dad passed away recently so he it, it feels like he doesn't have people that he's close to outside of this dynamic so did you really also look at it as he's trying to kind of look at this in in terms of building a family for himself because we get to see scenes where it's not just about the the day-to-day relationships when they're working at the zoo you know there's moments where they're all hanging out at nighttime and they've been there for hours after the place closes and they're hanging out drinking beer so you really get that group community that he gets to be part of as well yeah for sure i mean any kind of from the wondery podcast and from the show and any kind of reading i've done on this place it's it became a safe haven for people that had nowhere else to go and it became a place where people could build a family and they could be whoever they wanted no matter you know, what that was to them or to the outside world, this place was safe to them. And they lived together, they worked together, they ate together, you know, they slept together. You know what I mean? It was like, a, it was a real kind of communal um, vibe by the sounds of it. You know what I mean? Almost like a kind of a, like you say, like a, like the, a family that they got to choose for themselves. And John's position in that um, story, particularly in the way that we've decided to tell the story is quite high up. It's quite high up in that position. And he really found a central role for himself within that world, quite a prominent role as well. Like, especially being, you know, married to, to the guy, to the guy who, who runs the show essentially. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and like you were saying as well, he's so young when he first meets him, um, mm. you know, and, and it's interesting kind of looking at both the scripts and the details that are in the public eye about John and trying to kind of piece together who he was at that point, because obviously the cameras weren't following him yet. You were saying, yeah. did you find, were you able to find much, much research on kind of his family life and his upbringing? You know, the script give a couple of details about it and even just little intonations, like when he first meets Joe and he addresses him as Mr. Exotic, you know, <laughs> that tells us something about the way that he was raised. So there's little details in the script, or did you have to kind of fill in a lot of those spaces yourself? I tried to take like, you know, it's hard when you're playing somebody who is not only like a, a very much alive right now, but is also like now a prominent figure in pop culture because of the show. And particularly at the time it came out and um, <clears throat> you know, he's probably going to see it. <laughs> so there's definitely like um, there was a responsibility there to do him justice as a person and his experiences that he's had in his life, but to also be kind of fair on myself as an artist and as a creator and give myself a little bit of creative license. Um, 
I was very fortunate in the sense that the people from Wondery sent me over a four and a half hour unedited interview with John Finley. Um, that's just him talking about his life. And he's got this incredible memory that he can recall from like, you know, when he was very, very young, when he first, he'd go like, well, that was like a Tuesday and he'd be able to recall dates and times. It's, it's fascinating. So that was massively important for me in, in developing this whole thing because he talks about where he came from. He talks about his family life and his relationship with his mom. And, you know, um, he remained quite close with his mother throughout this whole period. Um which was a nice detail to add in, like you say, like um, with the Mr. Exotic thing, it kind of give you an insight into how he was raised. I'd like to think that he was, I mean, I, I'm assuming I'm, you know, this is the creative license element in me, but I'd like to think that he was raised well. And, you know, um, he seems like a very well-mannered person, you know? Um, so yeah, that was, that was massive, massive for me. But then again, like I say, I had to be careful and be kind to myself as the artist, because I didn't want to fall down the trap of like, having to make everything absolutely, you know, rock solid in terms of how he did things. Cause to me, then that would, that would involve, yeah, it'd be a lot of stress. <laughs> it'd be a lot of stress to try and try and, you know, really, really emulate someone else. So there was definitely a little bit of creative license in there just for me to kind of sleep easy at night. And with the growth that he goes through as a character throughout the season, there's also a shift in the physicality of him as a character, you know, mm -hmm. taking him from when he was, 19 and he first meets Joe and he's very introverted and kind of un unsure of himself and unsure of his body you know the journey that he goes through with his own sexuality mm -hmm. going into this relationship with Joe Travis coming along and then it reaches a point where he starts to feel a lot of animosity and so there's a lot more kind of when he's standing there observing instead of it being the wonderment it's about having very closed off body language instead of like real openness at the beginning um, and so how did you set about finding that the different body language that he had at those different stages to reflect that growth yeah the physicality was a massive thing for me like i think you know at the start you know i, I had to put on a little bit of weight in this job because he's he's quite a strong guy you can see like in his younger days in particular he's you know he's he's very strong um and you know also he was on steroids at a certain point in his life and he you know he was kind of very physically imposing and, and the other people in the park refer to him as, as like the, the strong guy. So that was a huge thing. So I put on a little bit of weight. So it was important to disguise that as much as we could at the, the top of the episodes, because we didn't want that to be a factor throughout the whole show. Um, and again, like you say, his body language is more open. He's more full of wonder for the world that he's existing in. Um, and as time goes on, he gets more jaded. We start to see the classic, like, you know, or classic to me anyway, at least that John Finley kind of like hands in the pockets and, you know, folded arms. And like, he's like, he gets, as you say, just more guarded, just as time goes on, he gets, I don't know whether it was a conscious or, or a subconscious decision, but he, he definitely does get more kind of like held in himself. Um, and it was, it was important to track that over the episodes. Like, I think by the time we start getting to like really heavily tattooed and really heavily pierced, um that for me was when and and it's what it's when i heard john in that interview talk about him kind of like really owning that and owning the fact that he could put himself through that pain he he seems to enjoy the fact that he was he's hardcore enough to be able to do that he talks about that being like a, an element of pride in his life um and so i wanted to try and reflect that in, in my physicality as the actor trying to portray that because there's only so much you can obviously portray in this given the screen time that I had. Um, 
but yeah, so I think like, because ultimately we have to get to the point of and see the John that we know, right, as the audience. And that's kind of very much, when we meet him in the documentary, he kind of almost come full circle and he's come back to kind of like the sweet kind of open, vulnerable guy sitting there with his shirt off, just, you know, chatting to us and telling us about his life. Um, so those middle parts were, were important. So I, I try to arc going from a place of like vulnerable young kid into like steroid tattoos, <laughs> pain and being very jaded to coming out the far side of that and having a family and, you know, um, ultimately getting away from Joe. I think Joe is a catalyst in, in, in his behavior, I think, and, and especially his physicality, you know, and, and his journey, that whole thing. And those external yeah. physical elements like the tattoos, you know, are so telling of where he is as a character as well. You know, he he has a tattoo on himself that says private property of Joe Exotic. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you look at a lot of the designs, you know, they're, they're true to what John ended up having on his body himself. Um, you know, we know that he's since been, you know, having a lot of them redone and, and trying to have them removed. But, you know, that kind of also represents the way that he was so deeply entrenched in all of that. And even the hair that he has later feels very much like the world of Joe exotic and, and that community. And so did that really help you in terms of what's the relationship dynamic? What's his space in terms of this whole community that he's really trying to just entrench and make himself part of? Yeah. It feels like, it feels like the looks, particularly in the middle of the series and particularly when we get to like the, you know, the, the undercut hair, it feels very, like you say, influenced by that community and by that kind of like, there's like a rebel mentality there, it seems, in that community. And it's like, you know, they're like, um, they're not uh, inhibited by any kind of like rules that have been placed on them by any kind of society in any way. And they can kind of just be who they want. Um, you know, there was a very interesting interview I heard with the tattoo artist that did a lot of their tattoos. And he would talk about, you know, the the GW crew rolling up and Joe would just pay for all of their tattoos. And it's kind of amazing to hear him talk about all these characters because they just lived how they wanted. And like, I think, um, you know, any anything that I've heard from John Finley is always like he doesn't overthink much. He kind of he feels like a very instinctual person. He feels like somebody who. And I, that's how I tried to betray him as well. I mean, in my interpretation of him, if, it just felt like I'm not going to overthink this too much. I'm, I like the look of how this looks on me. I like how it makes me feel. I'm going to get it because it looks good. And it looks cool. And that that ownership over his own body and ownership over the space um, is really evident, I think, in, in the way we've tell, told our story. Because by the time you get to like the middle episodes, for me, that's where you really see like, this guy's coming into his own and he's really figuring out like who he is and what he wants out of life. Um, but yeah, I um, think I've answered your question or I'm just rambling again. <laughs> no, it's, it's such great details. And, and with that idea that you were just mentioning that he's someone who, who doesn't overthink things a lot in the moment for your performance, did you want to create that space for yourself as well? So that when you were going into scenes, you could kind of allow yourself to, to, to have that preparation, but not really kind of focus too heavily on it in the moment and really give yourself that freedom so that you could find that instinctiveness within him as a character in the moment. Yeah, I think so. Like, I think, you know, he's, I wanted to play him in a way that it was, he was comfortable with the world he was in. He, he made the choices that he made and he was surrounded by the people that he was surrounded by. And outside of that, and it, you know, unless he was extreme, if someone done him harm or, or, you know, had ill will towards him or something like that, or, you know, 
I didn't want him to fluctuate too much. Like there's a scene in episode four where, um, you know, I, he gets quite emotional with Joe over his relationship, his new relationship with Travis. And there's a real moment of betrayal there. He feels betrayed. But I think those moments are spikes in his kind of general mood that skims along that he's just kind of like, yeah, I'm happy. Like this is where I am. This is where I live. And this is my home. And, and that was, that was nice for me because, because as we spoke about the way John is a watcher, I got to be in the space with all these incredible actors and kind of just react from what they give me because he doesn't say a whole lot, you know, he, he is just there and he is kind of just this like guy who's struggling with this, the fact that his, the person that he loves and this, this man who he's put all his trust in and put like all of his chips on the table for may not be the guy that he thought he was as time goes on. He's figuring out that this, it's not the case. Um, so yeah, for me, it was really nice to be able to just kind of like take what I was given from the other actors and, and respond in the moment. And then, if it was needed and if it was warranted to give an emotional outburst that we could kind of color and cater and turn into something that was dramatic for the, for the scene, then we would work on that. But yeah, yeah, for sure. And with the beginning and that initial development in the relationship that he has with Joe, that's, it's the first time that he's had a relationship with another man, which he hadn't considered before he met Joe mm-hmm. and, and fell in love with him. Um, you know, and he also says that he's only had a relationship with one woman before and that she cheated on him. And so mm-hmm. again, there's, there's a lot of kind of uncertainty that he has within himself in places where he's kind of still figuring himself out. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought that it was very telling in the moment that he's the first one to tell Joe that he loves him, but he's still not looking directly at him. He's looking away. And so what were a lot of the details that you wanted to find? find as he's navigating that really internalized part of himself well like what were the details i wanted to find navigating that um i think like again i chose to not look at him Mm -hmm. when to when i tell him i love him um because i think it, it just felt right in the way that he was expressing his love for him in that moment um like i say like you know when i was listening to the interviews with john finley when he's asked what his sexual orientation is. He just says he's straight. And, and the guy is like, okay, but you know, but you were, you're married to this man. He was like, yeah, but that was that. And that was then. And like, he doesn't dwell on any of these facts and he doesn't in a really like liberating way, he doesn't really seem to be boxed in by sexuality or kind of labels in any way. He was just like, I fell in love with this guy. I loved him. I still love him in many ways. And, And that was very freeing, but like, um, yeah, again, that so that was the easy part for me, you know, as an actor, because you just go like, okay, there's no real struggle here. He's kind of just in the moment. <laughs> He's kind of just like, this is where he is right now, and this is how he feels, and he loves the guy, and that's that's kind of as far as I wanted it to go, like, based on what I heard from the interviews. I kind of just wanted to go, okay, well, if he's comfortable in that moment, and he's comfortable just being there, then I guess he does love him. But I guess the, you know it's still hard to admit that you love somebody. You know what I mean? Like, I think we can all agree, like you have to be able to love yourself in order to be able to receive love and and give love back. And I think that was a a conscious choice for me in looking out the windows that like, I don't know if this version of John that I'm playing is, is totally in love with himself just yet, but he's getting there. He's trying, you know, he's trying to win whatever battle that is, (laughs) you know? 
And you're bringing up before, you know, there is that one moment where, you know, he kind of lets lets the feelings come to the surface a little bit more in a different way. Once Mm -hmm. Joe's brought Travis into the relationship, there's a moment where he suddenly feels a little bit on the outside. But it's but it's interesting, again, because off of the back of everything that you're saying, he's he seems very comfortable with it up until that point. And that's the one moment where he kind of questions it a little bit, Um, you know, and then the the disarray that kind of starts between him and Joe doesn't feel like it's because Travis came into the relationship with them. It's, it's other things in the way that he's seeing Joe. And so for you, what was kind of the turning point in the relationship between them and and where you wanted that friction to come from initially? Yeah. I think, like you say, it's not, it's not really about Travis, you know what I mean? Like, I think we, in the way that I've played John and in the way that it happens in our show is that like, he very clearly states to Travis that like, look, I don't have a problem with this. This is not something that bothers me. And I think there's definitely a big element of that that's true. But I also think there's, you know, there's a small part of him that I wanted to come through that was like, I'm letting go of whatever jealousy I have in order to, to let the people that I love behave how they want to behave. But I think that Travis it's not exactly the fact that Travis is now involved in the relationship. I think it's the fact that Travis is the catalyst that exposes the cracks in the relationship between John and Joe. And, you know, it's for me, I wanted to play it in that it's more John's issues with Joe's commitment and how he's changed over the years, going from like a very lovable guy who cares about animals to only really caring about TV and fame and being the tiger King. Um, and I think that scene that you're talking about is where the camera's revolving around us and he's, you know, he, we're talking in that room and it's right after the fight, um, where, where I push him. Um, that for me is a really heartbreaking scene because there's a moment there where John gives up a little bit because he, in that moment, I don't know if this spoils it in any way for the audience, but like he comes to Joe and he says like, you know, I want us the way it was. I want to go back to how that was. And it's almost like Joe doesn't even hear him. Yeah. And he talks about how television's going to save everything and how I'll buy you whatever you want. You know, I'll buy you trucks. I'll buy you game consoles. I'll buy you whatever. And there's just that moment where John goes like, oh shit, like there's nothing I can do. He's gone in many ways, you know, and that for me was a really heartbreaking scene, like real like turning point in the relationship of going like, it's like I wanted him to know that the relationship was doomed, but I didn't necessarily want him to be proactive about getting himself out of it. You know, just prolonged suffering and going like, I may as well just see this through and see, see it out to the end. Cause mm-hmm. we're doomed. I, I guess that's how I kind of wanted to come across. Um, yeah. It's really sad. <laughs> yeah. It is. And, and as mm. so much of Joe's focus just becomes about, you know, trying to have that that public persona and really kind of creating a character out of himself mm-hmm. almost um one of the scenes that you got to film was was the was the wedding scene that we've seen footage of the three of them before with their kind of matching pink shirts and mm-hmm. and that's something that you know John himself has said was very much for the cameras that it was really it was a publicity stunt Joe wanted to do it purely for the cameras and it was less about 
the emotional experience for the three of them. Um, you know, and that's a point as well, where kind of through your performance, we kind of start to see that, that cynicism and the way that he's, he's seeing Joe very differently in that moment. Um, and so what was, what was the experience of filming that scene? The audiences are so familiar with for your character and how you wanted to approach it for him as a character. Yeah, it was really hard. Like, you know, that's, those are it's an iconic moment. Those are the three shirts and everything. Um, there was a lot of pressure. That day. I mean, it was great that we have the whole thing on camera so we can watch it all. Um, obviously, aesthetically, our backdrop was a little bit different. But um, yeah, I guess like that was, again, all, it was all really hard. Like From that point in the show, everything just gets really emotional and really full on because I feel like John's letting go of this identity that he built for himself, you know, and he, you know, he's this guy who's married to this guy who's also married to another guy and they run this zoo. And in, it's almost like in the day of the wedding, he's shedding that himself. He's shedding that identity by, you know, I mean, I don't want to ruin it, but like, you know, he's, you know, he, he, um, someone else catches his eye on his own wedding day, for example. Like, it's like, he's, it's like he's shedding all of that identity in the one day. Um, and because I was approaching the scene as, as the actor from a place of like totally disheartened and totally just like disillusioned by the whole thing, um, polarized by Nat's performance, which is still kind of like full of hope. And he, it's almost like, you know, Travis in that moment is, is John a couple of years before that. He's still in that place of wonder potentially. And he's kind of still has hope, <laughs> I think. The wedding, in many ways, is the death of my my version of John's hope, um, and that was really hard. It's really hard to play that, especially when you're 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 trying to feed off the energy of these. I don't know, man. It's a hard. It's a hard thing to. Yeah, it was. It was those. That was a really difficult day for me. It was a really difficult day as as trying to get through that. I'm glad it was over. We shot it over two days, and uh, yeah, it was really rough. It was really hard. It's so sad. The show is so sad. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. yeah. But I guess, does that answer your question? Like, it's kind of, you know, yeah, yeah. just trying to, trying to be in that moment and, and feel what I was given on the day. And it was rough. It was really rough because you're, yeah. you're, like, you're witnessing the death of one life. Cause I feel like that's such a transitional scene for him. He's moving from the old John into the John that, you know, eventually leaves and starts a new life elsewhere. Yeah. But it feels yeah. really empowering to, to watch him reach that point where he, you know, like you said, you wanted him to kind of know always that the relationship was doomed, but not be proactive. And then we get mm. to see him be really proactive. And, you know, he does find kind of a, a relationship that kind of fulfills the things that he was looking for and not getting from Joe emotionally, um, you know. And so what was that like for you to get to really find that tipping point and find that moment where he becomes more empowered as a character as well? Yeah, it was great. It was great. Again, difficult and 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 hard to go through because with the death of one ego, you know, and rebirthing into another one is always hard. Like, you know, there's no creation without destruction, I guess. And the destruction of it was quite brutal. But um, I had a wonderful scene partner in Jenna um, who played my partner in that. And she was fantastic. And, and um, we had a very short amount of time to work together. And we had to create this like extremely intense bond where you had to believe that these two people would just like run away together and elope. And um, yeah, I mean, getting to the scene in the gift shop where John finally says, okay, I'm done is a big moment because it's, it's the culmination of all of those scenes where he just kind of 
like you say, procrastinates, doesn't do anything, takes it on his back and just um, lets, is a doormat essentially. And like, you know, I think in, in many ways, um, this is the moment where he finally decides that he's had enough. And, you know, he's, I feel like John's a protector in many ways. And it took the person that he loved in Joe threatening and verbally abusing the elements of his new life that are so important to him to make him like snap. I wanted that to be the trigger. And I think you see it very clearly. I hope you do. Anyway, I haven't seen the episodes. So I don't know, but I hope you see it in the scene, you know, when he, he kind of says some pretty horrible things about, about Amber and uh, it all kicks off. Yeah. It was very liberating. Even though poor, <laughs> poor John Cameron missile beat up by me for two days. <laughs> so rough on everybody. <laughs> It no, it's, it's, it's a really great scene character wise for John, you know, and everything that you were able to bring because you captured, like you said, that, that death of the relationship, the things he's letting go and, mm-hmm. and also just the anger that's built up, um, yeah. you know, and speaking of, of working with, with scene partners, I've heard you talk previously about how one of the things that's really important to you is, is really watching and observing the people that you're working with a lot. Mm-hmm. And then that's the, that's part of how you kind of continue to grow and evolve your own work as an actor and your own craft. And, you know, either for kind of like this show or just generally, I was interested in, in the way that you like to really observe people when you're working with them in scenes, or even if they're shooting something after you finished your scene and you're just on set, hanging out, watching them and, and what it is that you're looking at when you're observing scene partners and other actors on set. And maybe some of the things that you've kind of pulled into your own process from that. Yeah. I don't, I love people. I love, I, like, you know, I guess acting in many ways is the study of people. Um, and I love little interactions and weird idiosyncrasies that people have. I think it's such a telltale sign of where they're at, like how they answer a question, how whether or not they hold eye contact, like all these things, like whereabouts they talk to you, where do they, you know, there's all these things that fascinate me about coloring. I use that a lot to color my characters, little kind of subtle things. And maybe, maybe you don't see them at all, but for me, it's kind of important to keep in the back of my head and like, um, you know, some of my favorite actors always say that the best actors are reactors, you know, and it's kind of, it's not about taking the, the front seat as it were, but more kind of like sitting and, you know, have people give you stuff and you take it and give it back to them. And to me, that's, that's when I always do my best work is that when, is when I'm, I'm passing the ball in a very kind of, you know, to, to use a sports analogy, even though I don't, I don't want to first thing about sports, but like, um, you know, to pass the ball back and forth and to be there for each other in the scenes and to not be selfish. And it's hard because what we're doing is very, very vulnerable. And it's, to me, when I've been scared on set or when I've been um, in a vulnerable position, it's easy to put your guard up and not listen to your scene partner because then you retreat into, you know, that's just for me personally, you retreat into this kind of like safety blanket I do anyway, of like making sure everything's okay. But like... um, on this, it was very important to be open and very important to be vulnerable and very important to to listen and to hear and to take what I'm given and not have any fixed idea about how the scene was going to go or how, you know, um, you know, had the outcome of the scene or, or how it would go. Like I say, I just wanted to kind of be open and, and see what happened um, in terms of me, like taking stuff and, and using it going forward. I mean, I'm always just. I've been very lucky in the past years. Um, I've worked on some amazing sets. I've been around some incredible people and I've just had this wonderful opportunity to soak up everything around me. And, you know, 
Um, yeah, I've just been very blessed. I, I can't say that I've taken any one particular, you know, method or, or kind of tip from anybody. Um, yeah, I just kind of, <laughs> I also don't want people to think like I'm just watching them all the time as well. <laughs> you know, I am in some ways, but I'm not in other ways. You know what I mean? I think it's, yeah, it's striking a balance. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, my craft is refining as I'm getting older. I can feel it. Um, I'm getting, you know, the more life experience I have, that's, that's been the biggest kind of, uh, had the biggest impact on my work more so than various different acting methods or kind of uh, tips or stuff like that, that I would pick up. It's the more I live, the more I understand life and the more I understand people. Um, that seems to color my characters a hell of a lot more. And then I just kind of hone in on the tiny little things, you know, depending on what is needed from various different characters or whatever, you know, but yeah, Uh, just been great. That's really wonderful to hear all of that and appreciate you sharing all of that and all of the details about working on the show. Congratulations on the series and a really great performance. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank you so much. Cheers.